Music Raygun. My name is Paul Champanelli. And my name is Kirk Pinchon. And on each episode of Music Raygun, we pick a music artist, concept, or topic, and then we watch YouTube videos about that topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com slash playlists, you'll find a video playlist for every episode so you can see what we're talking about. And that's part of the fun, right? Kirk? That's the joy of the show. Yes. Yes. So, Kirk. Yes. We're back again. Mm-hmm. Why are we here this time? Paul. We're here. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about disco, Paul. It, it's, it's all disco show. It's past time. It's, it's past time. We have to talk about it. Yes, we have to talk about disco. We're doing something for the first time on this episode. Yes. Which is that you curated this one <laughs> entirely <Yes>. solo. <laughs> so for the first time, I have, I mean, I saw like the names of the clips yes. we're going to watch because you emailed them to me and I put them together for the playlist. Yeah. But I haven't watched them yet. No, which is exciting to me. Some of the things I kind of know what they are already. Some yeah. of it is a complete mystery. Mm-hmm. So this is really your this is ship to captain. <laughs> ship to sink. Right. So, But before we get into yeah, that, so I want to do corrections and omissions. Okay. Oh, more, more this is very important. Yeah, I know. This is all on me again. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, then I don't So care. far, I think you haven't been correct. You're okay right now. So on the saxophone episode, I said the name of the piano player from the Royal Teens who later joined the Four Seasons was Bob Gaudino. Yeah. Which a very angry listener corrected me about. His name is Bob Gaudio. No end. Ooh, shame on you, Paul. So Wow. But more interestingly than that, yeah. this is the omissions part. Okay. This listener pointed out to me that not only was he a member of the Four Seasons, but he was their chief songwriter. Okay. So he wrote Sherry, Big Girls Don't Cry, and Walk Like a Man. All the huge the hits. hits. Oh yeah. my god. The guy who wrote Short Shorts also he, wrote those Stone Cold classics. Those classics are much better than Short Shorts. I mean, come on. They're not as punk rock. <laughs> They're not as punk rock. That's true. But That is true. I mean, I, I honestly think that is like proto-proto-punk. Short I, I, Shorts. <laughs> short Shorts to me is actually more punk than anything on the punk CD compilation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that. Yeah, yeah. I'll vouch for that in its own way. I will vouch for that. It yes. is more punk. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's it for corrections. Okay, not, too not shabby. that heavy this time. Oh, thank God. So, lead us into okay. disco. I want to know what your relationship is to disco, and if you have a relationship to disco. I would say my relationship to disco is the same as most like casual music fans mm-hmm. where it's not like I'm not an expert on it by any means. I like it. I don't like break my finger changing the channel if mm-hmm. it comes on in the car. Yeah. But I pretty much just know the hits. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? I don't I don't think there are any disco, disco deep cuts I could name. <laughs> Whatever disco deep cuts there are and I don't even know them that much. Yeah. They would be those ones that were like played in actual disco clubs yeah. in the 70s that were just, you know. I mean, what, what are you getting at specifically? What do you no, want to know if curious. I know? No, we'll get through it all. I'm just curious yeah. just to get a background of where you are because cause you're also younger than me, so you didn't experience it that much. That's right. I was By the time I was born in the early 80s, disco was kind of dead. Yeah. Um, my parents were... In their 20s in the 70s, mm-hmm. but they weren't into disco. Yeah. My parents, when they were in their 20s, especially my dad, was into, like, prog rock. Oh, okay. Like, he likes Yes and Jeff yeah. Tall and 
And they like some soul music. Like, yeah. they love Stevie Wonder. Um, they have eclectic taste, but I don't think they were Into super disco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a part of my life. Mm-hmm. But I like it just fine. Oh, that's good. Uh, unlike you, I'm not a dancer, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of disco. Yeah. yeah. There's no other. No, no. But disco's fun. Yeah, and I don't have fun. I don't have any negative yeah. feeling about disco. And so, it crosses over so much with funk and soul. Exactly. There's so many funk and soul bands that just rode the disco train because it was popular. Right. You know, um, which we'll get into, too. But for for me, it's I associate... Like, I love disco, but it's not, like, my number one thing. Mm-hmm. But it is the first music that I associate as popular music. Sure, because when it was big, you were like, I was like seven, seven, eight, yeah. nine years old. And so I was like, oh, there's this thing called disco. I'm aware of it. Right. This is the popular music of the day. Yeah, I think yeah. most people, when they're little kids, discover music through whatever is like the poppiest yeah. pop yeah. available. And that was disco. And it was so big and so pervasive Yeah. Uh, for like 78, 79 not, I'm sorry, 77, 78, 79, even a little bit of 80, it was like holding on to like, can we get squeeze a little more yeah. disco out of people? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of those formative years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get right into it and start with uh, the most iconic thing, which of course is Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Yes. Which I don't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast or just between us off pod. Probably off pod. But... To my shame, I've never yes. seen Saturday Night. It's one of those movies that I've been like meaning to watch for twenty years, yeah. and I've just never sat down and watched. You need it. to sit down and watch it. I know that it's a good movie, yeah. and it's not like just a cheesy. It's not at all disco yeah. movie. That it's like a heavy sort of drama. It's a fucked up piece of movie. Yes, it's like I know that there's like suicide and yep. rape, yep. and yeah, suicide. There's rape. There's just gang violence. There's Parents shitting on their kids. Yeah. There's people, awful people just not liking each other. Any good thing that happens in this movie is followed by something shitty. <laughs> right. Through the whole thing. Because it's about like poor kids yes. in working class New York City. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But people, I think, go into it these days thinking like, oh, it's disco, so it's going to be – and it's Travolta, so they're expecting yeah. like – Disco Grease. Yes, exactly. And but, it's the farthest thing removed from Disco Grease. Yeah, I am aware of yeah. the tone of the yes. movie. Yes. Um, so I didn't pick any clips for it. It's just like, oh, let's pick a dance one because we, you know, it's a music just show. Just a dance theme. Yes. That makes sense. So this is him. This is the best dance number in the movie. This okay. is him going solo. This is like the set piece? This is the big set piece. Okay. Yeah, this is him going solo uh, to the Bee Gees. Uh, you should be dancing. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've maybe seen the clip hey, before. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can I talk to you for a second? Frank. Frank, yeah, Frank, yeah. So, yeah, as, as an Italian American, I feel very at home with these characters. <laughs> yes. He just dissed Fran Drescher. Right. Because she can't dance for shit. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to go solo. And he was 19 when he did this. Shut up, really? Yeah. Travolta was yeah. 19? He just had gotten caught. Mm. So, okay, so he was already Vinnie Barbarino. He was Vinnie Barbarino for a bit, and then he got this. And uh, here's what's amazing about this, is that a lot of people who are part of this movie, disco actually started, real disco, started like the mid-70s. Right. And that's when it was really cool. So by the time this came out, disco was kind of on its way out in clubs. It came out in 77. This came out in 77, yeah. So when real disco was like 75, 76, like the deep, deep stuff. 
By the time this came out, disco was on its way out. Right, like everything. Once it's once it's got the attention of the mainstream, yes. people who were originally into it, it's like it's passing. Exactly, it's passing. Yeah. And then this blew up so big yeah. that it brought on this whole new fucking wave of right. disco. Um, and yeah, he's just a great disco dancer. I mean, Travolta's. You can say what you want about how just. Yeah, this is, this is just amazing to watch. This is just such a good, amazing movie. Within the context of the movie, do they explain how he's such a good, almost professional dancer? No. Or do they just let you, like, suspend your disbelief? They just right? go, he's a great club dancer, and he goes to this one club in Brooklyn, which the name escapes me. Wait, this is a good movie. Sure. Um, so then he, uh, and he's, like, the star of this club. Right. But what's great about this movie is that's all he has in his life. He lives at home. He works in a paint store. Right. And his dad is unemployed. And his mom's really religious. And he just gets shit on all the time. And it's just one of those. And he's always like, I'm looking for something better. I'm looking for something better. But at the same time, he's like a Joe Bag of Donuts. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck it. Hey, you know? So he's those two. Like he's good at dancing, but he's not a trained dancer. No. He's not going to go to school for dance. No. No, he's or become got, a professional dancer. Yeah. He's just got this nightlife. Yeah, he didn't go to college. He yeah. barely got out of high school. But he's not going to get out of his situation. No. And he, but he feels like he should get out of yeah. it. And I mean, like a lot of this is uh, framed around. There's a big dance there contest. Yeah, and uh, he gets the one girl that he really likes and has a crush on, and they do this beautiful dance to Bee Gees, "More Than a Woman," mm-hmm. and it's great. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, that was amazing! That was amazing!" And then this Puerto Rican couple comes out and destroys it. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah, I mean, well, it's nineteen seventy for a forty-year-old movie. Yes, and but because it's in that Brooklyn club, Travolta wins. So oh, because like, he's like a crowd favorite. Because he's a crowd favorite. But he knows that he lost. He knows, and he goes and is pissed off and gives the trophy to the uh, Puerto Rican couple. Yeah. That yeah. basically sums up the movie. I just like, even at his highest moment, he still he he can't, can't win. Get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even the ending, he doesn't get the girl. Because it's end. still a 70s movie. Yeah, exactly. And there, still, <laughs> there's still, no hope. There's no hope in yeah. the 70s. <laughs> and that's why this movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, and the dancing is legitimately great. The dancing is legitimately amazing. I mean, I have never seen that, but I've seen Boogie Nights... A hundred oh, yeah. times, and it's great. They do like the clear homage with the, uh, you know, the yes, the, the lighting in the floor. And, yes, yeah. to uh, Machine Gun by Commodores. Oh, it's so good. It's a great. And yeah, yeah. Wahlberg can dance. He's good. Yeah, I mean, he, Travolta's better, I think. Oh, from yeah. what I just saw by far. But um, by far, yeah, that clip was great. Yeah, and like I said, I've, I'm I've seen it before, just in you know clip shows and yeah. Whatever, I've just never seen the movie yeah. from beginning it was, to end. It was, I, of course, I couldn't see it when I was a kid because it was R, mm-hmm. but it was so big and so successful, they recut it to make it PG so kids could go see it. Oh, for a theatrical release? Yeah, for, for like TV? But, no, they oh, went wow. and cut it and they said, and I remember distinctly, it was like, now PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could That's go see it. They cut out all the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fascinating. It's so, I mean, it's so... In the cultural zeitgeist that I know, like, characters and plot points just from osmosis. Like, yeah. I know there's – Marianne is, like, the local girl who loves Tony. Oh, it's And so he doesn't nice. – like, I love the way you dance, Tony. Yeah. And he doesn't give her the time of day. Yeah. And, like, the hot girl that he is after is sort of bitchy to She's him. awful to him. Yeah. Yeah, she's awful to him. Yeah. She, like, makes him – she he, she he helps her move. Yeah. And he gets fired for it. And he goes to her. He's like – Hey, I just want you to know I got fired for helping you move. She's like, well, I don't know what the problem is. My boss let me have the day off. I don't know what the deal is with your boss. And you're like, everything is awful in this movie. Yeah. Everything is bad, which makes it even better. 
Except when he's dancing. Except when he's dancing. He's only, he only feels something when he dances. Yeah. Which is like me, Paul. So that's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great introduction. Yes. So up next, which is kind of a nice segue to mm-hmm. uh, Saturday Night Fever, is after Saturday Night Fever blew up, they're like, hey, let's milk this for all we can. And there was a syndicated dance show called Dance Fever. I'm vaguely aware of Dance Fever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like pre-Solid Gold. It's pre, yes, exactly. Solid Gold was also a dance show. Sa- Solid Gold was more of a, let's have art, it's more like, let's have artists lip sync their songs. Okay, so that was more of like an American bandstand. It was more of American bandstand. Midnight stand. Special. Or- yeah, it was more like Midnight Special, except there's no crowd. It yeah. was just, it was a host there was uh, the people that the stars that would come in and sing, and then there were solid gold dancers who professional dancers who danced to the top ten of that week. Okay. Yeah. Um, but this is so. This was a dance contest. This was a dance contest. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, like Soul Train has dancing, but yes. it's like bandstand where it's just like kids dancing. Yes. Or even uh, when I was growing up in the '90s on MTV, we had the grind. I love the grind. Sure, fucking a. Well, but that again was just people dancing yes. to the hits. It wasn't a contest. Yes, this was an ag- actual contest for disco dancing mm-hmm. with uh, two couples or couples, and they had a bunch of couples dancing off. Yeah, they had like quote unquote celebrity guests, mm-hmm. which is like hey, uh, Jamie Farr from Mash, and it's like just <laughs> random. Who doesn't want to sing <laughs> see Klinger dance? <laughs> yeah, so he well he was a judge. Oh, there would be, there'd be oh, celebrity so judges. judges, and then I just, thought you were saying it was like a Dancing with the Stars no, sort of situation. No, it wasn't. It was oh, celebrity okay. judges, but then just random people who could disco dance, and they'd win like well, I think five thousand, some uh, five thousand dollars or something. So, but, what's specific about this clip from December nineteen seventy nine? Not so much the time, but we get to see a good uh, chunk of the host. And we can play okay. it now. The host was Danny oh, Terrio. Uh, I'm sure I've heard of Danny Terrio. Coming up next. Um, and Danny Terrio. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. So this is just flashing back to your childhood. Yes. Yeah. This was on like it's Saturdays at like 7, 7.30 in the evening. I was like, I'm seven or eight years old. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I fucking watch this. Celebrity judges. I don't know who Mimi don't know, Kennedy is. I don't know who that is. Gavin McLeod from my boat. See? That's the level they got. Horshack with a beard. Yes. So this is Danny Terrio doing, he would do a little dance number um, for, uh, before the show started. This is old school television production yes. value that you don't get anymore. You don't get anymore. He's smoking a cigarette. This, this this old school thing of like we're gonna put on a show for the people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Very like let's put on a show with lights and dancing and girls dancing and so the connection is Danny Terrio taught Travolta how to dance in Oh uh, my favorite. Okay. He was one of three. But he was like the big one. So when they pitched the show they were like, let's get the guys. Yes, let's get Travolta. Exactly. Yes. So that was the big thing. He's basically a pimp in this story of this number. The story of this number. He's dancing with two women who have got like fox fur shawls or whatever. And he's wearing a pimp hat and shades. And And it's, I don't know this song at all. I was going to ask you if you knew what it was. And I don't know. And then he kisses the audience and is like, God bless you. Motion. So, motion. The, the oh, so he always danced with the same. He always danced with motion, Paul. 
Now, how much uh, how much blow did he do before <laughs> the cameras went on? Listen, somewhere between a little and a lot. <laughs> between a little, <laughs> between a little and a lot. I mean, just to get him through the show. I'm, I'm, listen, they probably did like three the shows a day. Yeah. The celebrity panel. Do you know her? I don't. I, I don't know Channing's sister in Just Friends. But like oh, this is the woman that neither of us know. Yes. Mimi was her name. Uh, Mimi Kennedy. And this is what they would do. They would bring him on like, hey, let's have a little dance. We're gonna do a little dancing. And now that I'm watching this, and you said that, I'm like, oh, everyone is on call. Yeah, everyone's on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. To get through these shows. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, the just the, almost like the Lobo just started. Yeah. And look at he's like, why am I here? I'm here for the blow. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it was like this big, hey, it's a party on the dance floor, and you know, I was like, oh, look at these stars, they're cool. Yeah, Horshack. I mean, the, the tone and the flavor of anything disco flavor. Oh, it's always oh, just. Is so, but again, like before my time, so I only know it as like an artifact. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Here is Mr. Ron Below. And listen, Ron looks good in a beer. Yeah, he actually, yeah, he does. He looks yeah. way cooler than, you know, well, Horshack is a, yeah. is a geek. It's a geek, and, yeah. and Ron's cool. I mean, come on, Ron is doing a beer. He's doing a little dancing. Then he's like, hey, look at him dance. Dancing with the, what was the name again? Motion? Motion. Motion. I was going to say, moon. Yeah. So it's four couples, and they and then he's like, hey, everyone, come dance. And so they bring him out and dance for the outs. And then they come back in, and it was just, it was just a big party ball. Supporting in your living room. <laughs> at 7.30 at night right. on a Saturday. You're too young to party. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Young Kirk was like, wow, this is what real life is like. <laughs> this is what happened. This is what happens when you're an adult. You do these party things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. Uh, except by the time you were an adult, that was just super dead. <laughs> it just was. No, yeah. no one gave a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, okay. So then the TV show we're about to look at. Yes. I'm much more aware of. Yes. Sort of a big fan of. I'm a huge fan. I didn't, again, I wasn't alive in its yeah. heyday, but this went into the 90s, and I vaguely remember seeing this on Saturday mornings. Yes, it was always Saturday Even when morning. I was a kid in yeah. the early 90s, but it's Soul Train. It's Soul Train, and it's been around since, like, the early 70s. Yeah. This is the first show I ever remember seeing. So this is, like, my first memory of TV is, 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 watching, is Soul watching Soul Train. Yeah, Soul yeah. Tra- I mean, it's sort of like it's... It's R&B, soul, American bandstand. Exactly. Yeah. It's current soul hits and a bunch of like teenagers dancing to them with a charismatic host. Yes. Who is so charismatic. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, Don Cornelius might be the coolest person who ever lived. Yeah. I mean, he was amazing. And he he owned the show. He like produced the show and he just knew how to run it. 
Yeah. I mean, he like, he's like, yeah, we're going to do the Soul Train line. We're always going to have a Soul Train line. Well, let's talk about the Soul Train line. Are we going to yeah. see a Soul that, Train we're line? Doing, we're seeing a specific Soul Train line just okay. because you can't have a disco show without a Soul Train line. So if people don't know what a Soul Train line is... Shame on you, number one. <laughs> but describe it for the people. The Soul Train line was about midway through the show where they would have dancers freestyle. Mm-hmm. So there were two lines. Like people, the dancers would form up yes. on, in two lines facing each other. Yeah, and they do a little walk to the side, walk to the side mm-hmm. in sync. And then each person would have like 15 seconds yeah. to go down the middle and shut and strut their stuff. Yeah, they would basically create like a human catwalk yes. or runway. Yes. And people would get to like strut, strut down. Stuff. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's something people still kind of do at parties, oh, yeah. cookouts and shit. Still, like, I mean, still, it's iconic. Yeah. And uh, I've read stuff about Soul Train. And there's a lot of great books on Soul Train and, and hearing it. And apparently it was the most competitive fucking moment oh, yeah. on Soul Train. Like people would like get into arguments about who's going where. Like even even in the 90s because Rosie Perez was part of that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Rosie Perez was like, no, fuck you all. I'm doing it now. Yeah. I'm taking as long as I want. Mm-hmm. Judy Wiley did that too because in the 70s she would do it. So it was this really highly competitive thing on Soul Train. Yeah. Um, like but they weren't just all like, we're all best friends. Yeah. Just having a casual good time. It's like, no, oh, fuck no, it. No, we want, we want camera time. Yeah. yeah this yeah, is yeah. what it was all about. Uh, so this – is going to be a Soul Train line to September yes. by Earth, Wind, Wind and Fire, Fire, which is my one of my top five bands. This yeah. is one of my top five songs written by the woman who also wrote um, Neutron Dance by yes. the Pointer Sisters. Yes, uh, this woman I, I'm blanking I on her name, but she lives. I just in, love that she lives in the valley, and she owns this. Her home is like a museum of kitsch. It's basically like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Have you seen it? I've like read articles and stuff oh, okay. about it, and the article like it. They seem to imply like you can just go to her house and she'll like let you in and give you a tour. Oh wow, we should do that. Uh, yeah, I would do that in a second. Yeah, yes. Uh, there's there's some other big hit that she wrote that I'm blanking on, but Neutron Dance is a favorite Neutron is a great song, and September is a huge fucking classic. Oh yeah. But anyway, let's watch this. Yes, this is so fun. This. Yeah, I have I've listened to this song since it came out. I listen to this song probably once a week. Are, oh, are we going to get any Don, Don Cornelius? Or are we no. just going to go straight to no, the No, because during Soul Train Line, they never went to Don Cornelius. They okay. would go to the ball and then go to the dancers. Okay. Oh, so good. You know, I just, I've got to say, I characterized my parents as not liking disco yeah. at the top of the show, but they love Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. And that's really, that's like a weird distinction, too, because yeah. like there's a lot of R&B bands that were like, well, let's jump on the disco train for a song or two. Yeah. And then everyone, and those were their biggest hits. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're a disco band. And they're like, no. Yeah. Same thing with like Cool in the Gang. My cool old man gang. Cool in the yeah. Gang. I remember him they playing Cool in the Gang. They went disco, Commodores. Yeah. You know, they were soul and funk bands, but they were like, oh, let's do a disco song because it's so close to us. Right. And then it was like, oh, you're a disco band. And they're like, no, we're not. <laughs> Shut up. But this song, uh, and sometimes they dance together, sometimes they don't. But they, uh, this song is to me the definition of uh, joyful. Yeah, I'm, it's so happy. It's I'm ne- I oh I play this if I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. I play this to my kids. They love this song. Yeah. It's like a big thing in our household. There, there's nothing cheesy about it. Like there yeah. are disco songs that I like, but they're cheesy oh, yeah. good fun. Yeah, this is just great. This is just a wonderful song. 
Uh, like they're sort of like ballroom a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this was big too. Like you would disco dance with a partner. Yeah. That, which is like one of the last times you'd ever partner dance in a club. Um, you know they spent hours choosing their outfits. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it's funny too because I look at this and I'm like, they're kids. I'm way older than them now. Yeah. And I still look at them as older. Sure. I look at them and say, oh, they're like old people. And I'm like, no, they're not. You're like 20 years older than them. <laughs> they're ridiculous. But they were adults to the seven-year-old. Exactly. And I was like, oh, these are the coolest people ever. Yeah, and they always know where the camera is. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah. And they're all gorgeous. Like, they're, <laughs> they're just beautiful. They're just perfect looking. Yeah. Cool. And there's always a couple of people who are like doing like that whole like vibe that I like. We're not really trying, but we look really cool doing it. But yeah, I love it. And everybody knew how to dress well. Everyone knew how to dress well. And Soul Train, the dance lines got progressively more competitive, and they got they got a little more aggressive as time went by because people wanted more screen time. So like they would dress weird. Yeah. There'd be more like choreography. And they'd always end on the Soul Train disco ball. Oh, that was too short, though. I you know. That's the thing with the Soul Train line. The Soul Train line's always shorted. Yeah. Always, they never did the full song. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we take a bad turn. This is something I'm very aware of. Yeah, I took a... We, I think you mentioned this, and you mentioned to me, I was like, I'm pointing it on because this is the bad disco. It's. I mean, it's not... This is like... It's not even parody. It's mockery. Yes. Right? This is it like... It feels like it to me, but it was a huge hit, too. Yeah, it was... And it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, this is Rick D's doing Disco Duck. Yeah. Which was like a novelty hit song. Yes. But it's that, one of those things where it's like, disco's a thing, let's make fun of it, make a novelty song, and cash grab this yes. cultural moment. Yeah, and Rick D's at the time, I still is... He was a DJ. He's an LA DJ. Yeah. Uh, big LA DJ. And went, went national. But this was like his big thing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think he ever did another song. It's not like he was a singer. Right. He was a DJ who cashed in. He cashed But this in. is up there with like the curly shuffle. And yeah. 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 Um, and it's basically like he does like a Donald Duck voice. Yes. Doing a disco song. Yes. And this performance is live for the Midnight Special, which makes it even worse somehow. That they put it on the Midnight Special. Midnight Special was a legit show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, oh, here's fucking Rick Deeds doing disco. But we have to reckon with it because it touches on that thing of like once disco permeated culture so much, it it leads to this kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It leads to this. This is like a PSA. Which if people, people already are they don't like disco or they're sick of disco, yes. then this just sort of intensifies. You point to this and go, look at this shit. This is disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's doing a wacky voice even before the song. Right. And he thinks he's funny. He's not. No, he's not funny. And he's not from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Like, he's also just making fun of Southern people for no reason. He's just thinking he's really fucking funny. I'm gonna do, I'm a good old boy and I'm gonna do a disco duck. Like, and every so often we see this sign oh, in the doing a bit. Clean and he's wearing order. like an American we must clean red, white, and blue outfit which makes it even worse <laughs> I mean and this is like a pre- this same thing happened with 
and we'll talk about this more on another episode, I'm sure. But like this happened with hip hop in the 80s. Yeah. Where it became a big thing. And then like white people were like, oh, let's make fun of this goofy fad. Yeah. That's going to so go we can away. Be reductive about it. Yes. And then like be above it. Yes. Reductive is the operative word. Yeah. That's a great it's word just like it. shitty. Yeah. But like you said, this was a huge – and also the, the duck puppet is terrible. It was a dumb fucking puppet and it looks like it was made in 30 seconds and it's gross. Yeah. But yeah, so there's a dumb duck puppet behind it. Ugh. It's so – now, here's a fun fact. Yeah. We can keep listening because – we don't want to waste too much time. <laughs> this song was in Saturday Night Fever. No. He did a... Uh, uh, Travolta did a... Oh, there's another duck. I forgot about this. There's a lady duck. There's a lady duck. Uh, they've since cut it out because I think they couldn't get the rights to it anymore. So you can, if you see Saturday Night Fever on TV, you won't see that part. Good. Yeah. But there's a, there's a, there's a disco duck solo... Uh, that Travolta does, which is bummer too, because it's actually a really good dance number. Because yeah. he does a little bit of lock in and he does a little bit of the robot, and the robot is just kind of breaking big. And he's good at it, but he's doing it to this fucking song. So yeah, you won't get to see it anymore. But yeah, it's also like you got the you got the black female backup singers making yeah. it even worse because it just feels like a song. Yeah, that is it's, it's, That duck is just nightmare fuel. Both ducks are nightmare fuel. And even even if it was a proper even if it was a proper Donald Duck. Yeah. It's just the most annoying character. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh. <laughs> and this is again, we'll go back to it. This head has been thought of on, on Coke. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, do we even need to? <laughs> yeah, he snorted a line and went disco talk. I mean, they paint. Look, the the backdrop on the stage are huge neon letters spelling Rick D's. Yeah, they fucking paid for that. Did the Midnight Special pay for that? If they did, it for Rick D's to I would, do this, I would like to think that Rick D's is like, no, I got my own. Yeah, I got my own background, and I'm gonna have, I'm gonna hang it. I hope when they put out like new disco compilations now that this doesn't end up on yeah I hope so because it's like a Dr. Demento I hope even Dr. Demento had the integrity to be like fuck you Rick Dees <laughs> yeah you're a piece of shit Rick D's. I've never shat on Rick D's so much in my life and I don't I'm sure it. I'm sure Rick D's is a nice guy <laughs> I'm sure he is but not for this song he's not I just can't believe that was on the next one. Oh, it looks like they ended it with him yeah yeah Good. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so the next the next clip is a good one to transition yeah. into from this because this I wouldn't go so far as to say it's mocking disco. No, I wouldn't say so either. But it's definitely winking at you. Yes. This is Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? Right. Which now, is another huge hit. Like a huge I don't know if I'm not I'm not I've never been big on Rod Stewart, so I don't know if this was like a major comeback for him. Well, I mean Rod Stewart since then has been cheesy on different yeah. levels. Yeah. Like in the eighties, he had oh, yeah. like uh uh, what's that song? Infatuation. Some and, guys have all the luck. Right. Yeah. And he really became a pop star. Yeah. And then in the past decade or two, he's done like standards. Yeah, he's a standards guy. 
But before Do You Think I'm Sexy, he was like a legit like he he was with the faces yeah. and he had that song Maggie Mae and he was yeah, a he was, he was a rock guy. Yeah, he's a rock guy, definitely a rock guy. And I think once he did the disco song, he sort of like could never really go back to being It feels like he couldn't. Yeah. And this is and one he of the stayed pop. I think yeah. this is like the turning point. Yeah, I that's why I put it on there. It felt yeah. like a turning point and it felt like one of those things where it was like even rock guys are like, we can do a disco song and make a bunch of money. Yeah. Which I mean, happened. the Stones did it. Stones with, did it. With um, uh, Miss You. And, yeah. yeah. Which like I every, every You don't like Miss You? I don't like Miss You. I do. Uh, but, I mean, it was such a big thing that yeah. everybody did Queen disco. did it. Yeah. With another one. But that's a great song. Another Bites of Dust is a great song. Sure. Did you say sure, meaning you don't believe that, or are you just being kind? Do you I don't know? like Queen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I need to take a second, Paul. Hang on a second. Look, everyone has their beloved artists that they don't like. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to be judged for that. <laughs> I didn't. We don't have to get Paul. into it. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but listen, we don't have to get this into it. The, I want people to hate this me. This was the last podcast we never. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not even that. I'm not a huge Queen fan, but yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. never. I don't think I've ever met. Him I don't so mind another one, but yeah. it just is a little overplayed. Where yeah. It's kind of, kind of never need to hear it again. But, yeah. But anyway, okay. do you think I'm sexy? Is like. He's so not taking it seriously that it doesn't feel like a sellout. I could tell. Let's watch in, yeah. in here because when you say that, I go, oh, that's interesting. I think he's just having fun. Like, If I'm being honest, it's not a bad song. No, it's a great song. It's not a bad song. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. Everyone was singing the song. But for him to go from that's why yeah. like the faces are one of those like cult bands that rock yes. guys. I love the faces. Yeah, it's like rock stars love faces because yeah. they were so uh, inspirational to them. Yeah. So this is a hard left turn. It for is rock really Steve. hard. I mean, for some people, I think this is probably the song of his they know the best. So maybe they don't contextually they don't they don't know that. I would almost. That was it. Yeah. Like if you went Rod Stewart, they'd be like, "Do you think I'm sexy?" Right. Yeah. This was also early '80s. Uh, I'm sorry, early uh, late '70s. Oh, yeah. So they started videos. Was Jeff Beck in this? Is that Jeff Beck? I, I can't but tell. He, he. I mean, just the. I mean, the premise of the song. The question: Do you think I'm sexy? He's. It's, it's tongue-in-cheek. There's a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it. So, do you think there was a discussion, again, feel my God, that it was like, hey, I'm going to do a disco song, but I'm going to wink a bit, but I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to do a parody. I'm going to do a real disco yeah, song. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not, he's not mocking it, but I think Rod yeah. Stewart... I'm not a Rod Stewart expert. Yeah. I know, like, again, I know the hits. I've yeah. never read a Rod Stewart biography, so I don't know what kind of guy he is. Yeah. But he seems like he's the kind of guy who, like, has no shame about following trends and just is going to do what's yeah. popular. And that's... I don't judge him for that. No. No. I wonder... I think... So I think I, in, on that level, he's yeah. doing it legitimately. Yeah. I but w- it's a fun song that he's It is a fun like, song. Yeah. Do you want? I'm also wondering because I, you know, I was too young. I wonder if like older people were like, "What the fuck?" Like, was there like a backlash to this song? I'm sure there were like faces yeah. fans who were not. Who just been like, "This is bullshit." Yeah, yeah. 
But this is like when we watched that Hall and Oates video, and you were yes. like, are they taking it seriously, or are they having fun? Yeah, you can't so, tell. It's so campy. Yeah, right? it's so campy that maybe it is a little bit of a joke. Yeah. Um, I never knew of Rod Stewart until this song. Like, I grew Based yeah. on how old you are, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was aware, like, aware sort of his, of his whole yeah. career when I was eight or nine yeah. because, you know, I heard, like, the early stuff on yeah. classic rock radio. Yeah. And his 80s hits were on VH1 oh, when I was a kid. Yeah. What was the duet he did with, like, uh, the Isley Brothers or something? And, oh, and he did oh, that Tom, he did. Downtown Train, the Tom Dead Waits Day. cover in 1989. Forever Young. Yes, Forever Young. That was in constant rotation on oh, TV and VH1. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is interesting that like this might be the turning point of his career. Where he's like, I'm gonna do a big pop disco song and blow up, and he's like, Oh, well, this is what I will do. Now. That's what I wonder if yeah. he had intended it to just be like a one-off sort of goof, and then it worked so well. He was like, All right, I'll be more pop. Or, That's really interesting. Man. Or if he just more generally was like, I'm gonna go pop. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, yeah. It'd be, it's really cool that if he was just like, well, this is my thing now. Yeah. I'm, because if he was, if he wasn't so sort of like having fun and winking yeah. at you, and like expected you to take this hard left turn seriously, then it would kind of be like, eh, fuck you, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like you sell out. Yeah. But the fact that he's having fun with it, it's yeah. like, all right, I'll go along for the ride with you. He never seemed resentful of it. Right. Yeah. He's just like a good time dude. Yeah. He's just happy to be singing and <laughs> having chicks and yeah. it's ridiculous feathered hair. Yeah, good God. <laughs> I mean, like the fact that, like, I look at him now and be like, that was the sex symbol in the seventies. Yeah. I mean, he. It's just odd. I honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love his cheesy 80s shit too. I think Infatuation, the video Infatuation, was great. I like Infatuation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good song. But that's another episode. Yes. Uh, now it's going to get fucking weird. We're gonna, we've gotten into a weird take here. Yeah. Yes. Because again, disco is one of those things where it permeated culture so thoroughly. Yes. Like every, literally everybody had to do some sort yes. of disco thing. Advertising had yep. to be disco. Every celebrity had to do it. Yep. Uh, every TV show had to have a disco episode. It was like, almost felt like it, it was a government law <laughs> that everyone had to be a part of disco whether you liked it or not. Yeah. And whether you were doing it seriously or, yeah. or making fun of it or just yeah. trying to be relevant yeah. in the face of it. It was so big. And that's why it's, you know, there there are ties to disco to hip hop, this being one of them. But like, you know, hip hop obviously sampled a lot of the disco songs. Sure. And even in punk too. All three things were happening in New yeah. York City at the same time. Which is amazing how that yeah. happened. Yeah. Like is and then there was the blackout and the son of, son of Sam killed it. <laughs> and then everyone just went. And that what? was 1977. Yeah, but uh, what is this next thing? <laughs> this is and I because thought, I don't I haven't watched the clip. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm seeing what it says on the title on YouTube. Yes. So prepare me. For okay. This. So uh, Ethel Merman. <laughs> I, that's how we're starting this. I can't believe we're talking <laughs> Ethel Merman in a fucking podcast. Right. So Ethel Merman and I don't know too much about Ethel. She was a singer in maybe the 40s or 50s. She yeah. was a Broadway musical singer. I think mm -hmm. she her big thing was uh, Gypsy Rose. Yeah. Um, she recorded a disco album. 
And a whole album? She did a whole album. The whole album. <laughs> that's what we're talking yeah, about here. The whole album, though, was not like going to get disco producers and doing a disco album. Yeah. She took standards like Alexander Ragnarok and disco fine. So the whole album is disco fine standards. That was the other thing, like how when Star Wars came out in 1977. Yes. And then they made like a disco Star Wars soundtrack. I have it. Sure you uh, do. Well, yeah, I have, it on, I, I have it on vinyl. It's on. Uh, I had a K, there's a Ketel. Yeah, uh, I had a Ketel. I have a Ketel album, and that is on there. That yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so when I saw the Ethel Merman goes yes. disco, I assumed like, oh, she was on some variety show where she did a disco song. You're telling me she put out a whole album. Put a whole album, and this was like the cut from the album, and this fucking song was a hit. Really? Yes. What what song is it? It's Alexander Ragtime's Man. Come on here, come on here. Okay. Alexander's Ragtime Man. It was like a jazzy. Uh, so you remember this being a hit at the time? Yes, I remember this being a hit. Like you would hear it, and you'd just be like, what? not a huge hit, but you re- a, a hit. It was on you the radio. It, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. on the radio. Ethel yes. Merman doing disco. Yes, and we won't listen to much of this because it's unbearable. That's only three minutes long. Let's see, right. Let's see if we can get through it. What show is this? I don't know what this show is, and I'm almost wondering. The Ethel Merman Country Western album. Wait, that's oh, said, no, it's the description on YouTube says the album's failure resulted in an even more bizarre follow-up project getting canceled. The Ethel Merman Country. So she was uh, gonna do a country yes. album, but her disco album flopped so hard that they canceled the, it. This song was on the radio. But the song what the single was released and they yes. put it on the they put this on radio the- for humans to hear with their ears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and these poor people and these poor Oh this oh my god, this is I know the show. I know this show. Yeah, there was a sign in the in the This show was stage. called was... Kids Are People Too. Okay. And it was basically like a ha- hour show like uh, uh, what was big around that time? Um, it's basically like an hour show about like kids do crazy things. It's a and variety here's a show for kids. It wasn't even a variety show. It was more like like real people. Um, seems that's like, incredible. Okay. It seems like the kind of thing that when I was a kid would have been on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like Wild and Crazy Kids. Or- yes. And I think they called them like magazine shows almost. Like okay. Where it was like you had different like people come on like these kids do these things. Yeah. They did a Kids Are People 2 tour and I saw it in Cleveland. Okay. This brings me back. Well, I don't know a lot about Ethel Merman, but if there's one thing I'm pretty sure of is that kids in the <laughs> 70s loved her. She was magical. They were uh, crazy for Ethel Merman. Uh, I'm sure they're all, they're all like, who the fuck is Ethel Merman? <laughs> and they're like, no, clap for her, clap for her. It sounds like we're shitting on Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman's cool. No, she's Ethel legit. Merman doing disco shouldn't have happened. They should not have happened. I mean... I mean, she's awesome, but do you know the you know the song, the original? It's a it's like a jazz yeah, standard, yeah. like a Dixieland jazz and yes. Oh my god! I mean, look. To be fair to her, she's fucking turning it out. Yeah, she's not. She's, she's selling, selling it. That's because she's Broadway. She's like, she's I'm a professional. She knows how yeah. to fucking work it. I yeah. want to make sure people don't think we're shitting. No. No, and she's no, not happy. The whole concept of we're in the concept of why this happened. No, yeah. she's selling it like a pro. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and the fact that there's like a bunch of disco balls in the back yeah. to let you know, hey, this is a disco song. But there is something about it that's like your grandma being like, I like rap. Yeah. Rip, rap, rip, any rap. And it's like, just, oh, grandma, that's, yeah. that's cute, but. <laughs> Disco's great. Ethel Merman's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> I mean, the best is, like, there's got to be some PA. Who was this for? Exactly. So this is on a children's this show. This is on a children's show. Yeah. And you know there's PAs going, no kids, just clap, 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 clap. And they're like, what is going on? Well, it's one of those things where, like, disco fans aren't going to be into it. No. Ethel Merman fans aren't going to be no. into it. It's for no one. Yeah. <laughs> it's for no one. Yeah. And yet they did it. They paid money to do this. Because everyone was on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Ethel Merman does disco brought to you by cocaine. <laughs> to you by cocaine. I mean, it's just insane. Um, and it's funny. I mean, she was pretty old when this came out. I mean, she was at least 60 or something. Yeah, she's got to be in her 60s. I mean, because she's been around for years, decades. She does look like she's having fun. It might just be all professionalism. She might think this is a fucking stupid waste of time. Yeah. But she's never going to let that no. show on stage because yeah. she's such a pro. Because she's that old school pro yeah. who's like, I go out on stage and I give it 100%. Yes. I'm like, you kids of the day, <laughs> sit around and mope and don't do shit. Right. I give 100%. Yeah. I would like to know what she thought of this. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering. She could have walked right off stage and been like, what the fuck do you have me doing <laughs> yeah, out there? Bullshit. <laughs> she did the whole song. Whole song. Yeah. And uh, it's only been going for 20 seconds. There's three hours left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now we're not going to talk. We're just going to play it for your pleasure. Yeah. Oh my god. I like she's doing the kind of the side, side steppy side, dance yeah. she's doing. She's not disco yeah. dancing, but she can, she's. Uh, she can move. This is that a crowd roar. This is she, the key. I mean, look, she gave it 100%. Yes. But yeah, it's more the <laughs> okay. conceit behind it that's just like, yeah. what are you, what's just going on? didn't need to happen. Yes. So I had said that every TV show had to do a disco episode. Yes, which they did. Yeah. A lot of them did punk episodes too, but I'll they, talk about that in a little bit. No, they episodes. did. Yeah. I remember a lot of them. It's yeah. like when in the 80s, we have to do it. We have to do a breakdancing episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the, uh, what's the show that uh, Jack Klugman did where he was the... Quincy? Uh, Quincy, yeah. yeah. It was a great punk episode of Quincy. Oh, that's so funny. But this is Chips. Yes. Uh, re- speaking of things that shouldn't have happened, recently remade as a comedy movie. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, no thanks. But... The, but I remember watching reruns of Chips when I was. That I remember watching the real shows. Yeah, because it was really made for kids almost. I mean, it was like a kids show almost, even yeah. though it was always at night. I mean, it was so like harmless, and you'd watch it with your family, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Ponch and, and John, yeah, were great, and their their commanding officer played by Chris Pine's dad. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Chips, for people who don't know, stands for California Highway Patrol. Yes. They were California bike cops. Yes. And they just went around, which is weird because they also went around kind of solving crime. Yeah. It's like. (laughs) But they really should have been given speeding tickets. Yeah. But they're like, no, they'll solve crime. Crime shows in the 70s and 80s make no sense. It's like the, the. Sort of hacky joke about murder she wrote. It's like Jessica Fletcher lives in this tiny main town and there's like a murder oh, yeah. every week. Yeah. No, that's true. It's like this. These it's guys. Like, yeah, the California Highway Patrol doesn't do what they do on no. the show. They like would go and infiltrate gangs and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. wait, you guys just write up tickets and yeah. if there's an accident, you take a report. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. But um, I'm blanking on the name of the guy who plays Punch. 
Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada yes. was the big sex symbol. Yes. Um, the big star of the show. Yes, he was the, yeah. Um, but I don't remember seeing the roller disco episode. Oh, I remember. I remember. I may have seen it as a child and has gone out of my brain. But yeah. this is this is also when disco was still big, mm-hmm. and then roller disco became big too. Where you and I did a little bit of that. I think because you go to roller rinks a lot. Yeah, it's it was, like if you're too young to go to nightclubs. Yeah, you, you go, go to, to roller, roller rinks. Yeah, yeah, and they play disco, and you'd roll around. You'd roll around. We still had that when I was a kid in the nineties. You'd go to the roller rink, and but they didn't play disco. Well, no, they played the pop hits of yeah. the day. Yeah, they did that in the 80s. C.C. Peniston and Robin oh, S. And, the uh, 90s disco. Yeah. The 90s disco. Like house music. music. Oh, That's what I had. Fucking love house music. It's good. Um, so this is – so roller disco became a thing. And so they're like, well, we have to have a roller disco episode on chips. And if I remember correctly, this was at the end of the episode. So the crime was solved. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those like – we're in, in, within the show is like we're doing a charity event to raise money for a good cause. Let's do a roller disco party. And we got to keep the rec center open. Yeah, it was like one of those <laughs> things. And we'll get celebrities to come and 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 roller disco. So this whole thing is just a bunch of seventy celebrities at a roller disco party under the auspices of it's a fundraiser for whatever fundraising they're doing for the show. As an excuse to get cameos. to get a bunch. Yeah, and it's a ton of cameos. The YouTube description. The person who uploaded it. Titled it Chips Roller Disco, the most 70s scene on 70s TV. It's pretty 70s. Okay. It's pretty 70s. And of course, because it's a show, I don't think they have actual disco music. So it's some composer. It's like library music. Yeah. Or, yeah. So some composer's like, let's do a disco song. Skate with the stars. Actors, Actors and others for animals. That's for animals. Yeah, so it's an animal benefit. Your CHP annual benefit. It was a benefit for the California Highway Patrol. I mean, this is like a... It's not even a roller rink. It's a giant stage. Yeah. And and so this whole... This whole thing is just a let's look at stars. This all this all this is the scene. Okay. There's no plot to it. I mean, a lot of the people we're looking at are extras, but yeah. Sue Anderson from Dallas. Okay. Okay. I was going to say you're going to have to explain. We're trying to do some of them. Melissa Sue Anderson from Dallas. I'm aware of what Dallas is. Yeah. Never saw it. There was Chris Pine. Lee Merriweather, TV actress. Don't care. Okay. Who? I don't know. Cindy Williams. Oh, I know her from Reverse. That's a big one. Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. Strokes. Don't know him. Who is What did they say? I don't know. Let's move on. Some guy. Oh, that guy. You know who that guy is? He went and did A-Team. Oh, okay. This is pre-A-Team. That dude is has had way too much. (laughs) Yes. He has an unbuttoned shirt and a tie. He is visibly (laughs) fucked up on camera. This dude, (laughs) he doesn't know where he is. He's disheveled to say the least. Oh, yeah. He's a hot mess. And the Coke sweat, you can smell the Coke Uh, sweat. The the unbuttoned shirt (laughs) with a tie, a a glittery tie around him. You know there was a... a production moment where they're like going down the call sheet and they're like where the fuck is Tim or whatever <laughs> yeah. they had to go to his trailer just and like just coke. pour coffee down yeah. and so they're like just get out there we just need film for two seconds he's just show you that camera <laughs> yeah I don't know who that is don't know that no okay. Data Plato Data Plato different strokes R.I.P. 
Antonio Vargas, for those who are the Starsky That's Huggy Hunch. Bear, right? Huggy Bear from yeah. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> but they're just naming 70 stars. She was an actress that they, they all just showed up for this scene in a Chips episode? Yes. Why pay them for that? I don't know. Like, I mean, Chips was they, a big show at the time. Did they, like, advertise it? Like, draw a bigger audience? Like... I don't know. It seems it seems like a lot of effort to go through. <laughs> I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on this. <laughs> yeah, and now they're all just disco dancing in a line. So. But it was like this this was the end of the episode. Yeah. And this Vic Tabak. Vic Tabak's in there. Yeah. Uh, he was a football player, right? No, Vic Tabak was an actor. He wasn't a football player? I don't first? think so. I, could oh, I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. I trust you. Okay. Well, uh, it's interesting. Go ahead. You want to talk about the DJ? I was going to say the voiceover is clearly recorded in post. Like yes. this is not diegetic. And out. the the voice of the DJ guy is was one of the minor roles. Uh, another cop. He was the wacky dumb cop. Oh, chips. Okay. Who kind of didn't do much, and he became, he was the DJ of the show, and he sure. got his voice. Yeah, sure. he got his one big moment. I mean. Oh, they're doing a soul train on Yeah, they're doing a little soul train with roller disco. I also wonder if they're just throwing out names, but they're not showing people. Like, they're here. He's here. They're here. You just can't see him on the camera. <laughs> Dick Van Patten. Oh, yeah, I did not see Dick Van Patten. And I'm sure like, just do the soul train line. We'll, we'll give you some blow afterwards. It'll be fine. That's Harvey Corman. Uh, no, 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 no that not Harvey Corman. Soap. soap. Yes. I well, always love like soap. Yes. Always that, that was, that was, that was Chester Tate. I, I don't, I'm yes. blanking on the actor's yes, name. Yes, that was Chester Tate. Chester yes. Tate from Soap. That made me so happy. To me, he's the biggest <laughs> celebrity I've <laughs> seen so far in this clip. Bigger than Todd Bridges? Soap is... Soap's a great show. ...is in my top five, possibly top three favorite TV shows Ever. Rightfully so. They re-ran it on Comedy Central in the 90s, and oh, that's I where, was yeah. crazy yeah. about it. Yeah. It was great. It's a great show. Top Bridges can skate like Top a motherfucker. Top Bridges is cool. And He's then, had some problems, but he was cool. Yeah. It's great that there's some uh, that are not even disco. They're not even roller skating. They're like, fuck it, I'm just going to walk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not getting on roller skates, fuck you. Were they all like stars from the same network? Was this just like no, a kind of party for everybody? Or? Some of them are. This uh, Chips was NBC. Okay. So different strokes was NBC. All right. But uh, Laverne and Shirley was ABC. All right. So I'm not sure. And then now it looks like they just got like crew to come in. Like, hey, you want crew members to come in and like roll here? There's like there's that redhead is from Eight Is Enough. Okay. Uh, that dude Adam Rich. This from uh, Eight is Enough. So, I, uh, I noticed they had Dana Plato and Todd Bridges, but no Gary Coleman. Gary, see Gary's like, nah, man, I don't come out there for less than 10 years. <laughs> oh, he big-timed I'm going to say he big-timed He big-timed chips. <laughs> he big-timed chips. <laughs> He's like, nah, fuck a strike. I'll come when I'm ready at 10,000. Oh, uh, that was fun. That was good. That was genuinely fun. Good. I went into it feeling snooty, but by the end I was like, nah, I'm swept up well, in the genuine you, fun there. You saw your, uh, you saw a favorite. You had a fan favorite. Yeah, it really Chester turned around. For me when I saw it Chester did. Tate. It really did. What a great character. Yes. All right. 
I have no. I've like. I'm. I think I've heard the title. This is a movie, right? This is a movie. Was it a TV movie or no? A it was movie? actually a theatrical movie. The fish that saved Pittsburgh. Yes. Which is I a, have no idea what it is. It is a batshit bizarre basketball movie. Okay. Now, uh, in the seventies, there were a couple basketball movies because basketball uh, kind of had a resurgence because it was basketball was kind of shit in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. No one really watched it. Then the seventies came and Dr. J came. Yeah. And Dr. J is the star of the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Uh. Not bad in it either. He's not awful. But this is why it's such a weird movie. It's a movie about a professional basketball team called the Pittsburgh uh, – I forgot their name, their original name. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no basketball team in Pittsburgh. There's never been a basketball team in Pittsburgh in real life. But anyway, they're a shitty team. Mm-hmm. Dr. J's on the team. No one's getting along. And one of the ball boys – I'm not making this up. One of the ball go, boys goes, here's what we need to do. Dr. J – I forgot his character's name. You're a Pisces. <laughs> so – we need to get all players who are Pisces around you, and that will be your team, and that's how you will play better. So they get an astrologer, <laughs> played by Stocker Channing. Ooh. Yeah. All right, now I'm on board. And she's like, yes, for a harmonious basketball team, you all need to be Pisces. So they hold tryouts, and all the people are just wacky stock characters. So there's like – a big white goofy guy who went to Nam and is kind of like brain dead, but just kind of goofy. There's an it's almost like the village people. So there's like okay. an Indian. There's a reverend. Reverend. This is the most seventies thing I've yes. heard of. In my uh, life. The reverend's played by Metalark Lemon, who's on the uh, on sure. the Globetrotters. Yep. And uh, and then there's like a militant black guy, and then there's an old guy. So it's these wacky cast of characters who you think they can't play at all. But they can. Because they're all Pisces? Because they're all Pisces. Because this was the height of people thinking astrology was a real thing? I guess thing. so. <laughs> so this is, that's the basis of The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Okay. That's the movie. They, so what's the clip that we're going to watch? Is it just the trailer? Or no. Because – uh, Yeah. Why is this a disco? Because in the middle – at the uh, uh, at the end of the movie, there's the big final game. We actually play against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is actually in this as well. Okay, uh, just playing himself. And but there's a halftime in 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 it, and in halftime there's a disco performance by the group called the Silvers. The, they were just like a dance crew. The, no, the Silvers were a family. Were like uh, modeled after the Jacksons. Oh, so you'll see them. The Silvers actually I've had never a heard of the Silvers. This is why I played this. Yeah, um, and it's also just because you're like, okay, well, it's a disco kind of movie. Now we're gonna have a second. And now we're going to have the Silvers, who are actually a fairly big band, uh, come and do a song. And so this so is just a thing. musical set piece in the middle of the in, in the middle at halftime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Those the Silvers? Those aren't the Silvers. Those are the leads. That's the ball boy. Oh, he yeah. looks familiar. Yeah, I don't know who he is. So, so this is the halftime show. So they're also getting a little dance and coming on. I think Tebby Allen might be in this as well. Oh. Yeah, so it's a real dance. She is, I know her from uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Yes. yes. She's in fame. Yes. So the Silvers were a family band. Mm-hmm. And just, like it's like the Jacksons came out and they're like, okay, well, we're going to have a group called the Silvers. They're, but except they were his brothers and sisters. Okay. And they had two big songs. One was called... Um, uh, hotline. And the other song was called Boogie Fever. Okay. And they were actually legit big hits. 
and this maybe is, I'd know the songs if I heard them. I just yes. didn't know buy the silvers. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is the silvers. This is so did you go and see this movie in the theaters? No, I was too young. I saw it on TV. There's Dr. Channing driving a pretend car. <laughs> She's got to get to the game to help them kind of get their aura so together. So it's her in a fake car in a studio somewhere intercut with stock footage of a car. Basically, yes. Doing that thing where you turn the wheel yeah. like mad the yeah. way that... Like, look at me drive. I'm driving in <laughs> with purpose. <laughs> So, it, it's just, if you knew the Silvers, you're like, what the fuck, the Silvers are in this movie. They must have been like, can we get the Silvers? Let's get the Silvers, we'll just put them in, and it's a halftime show. We'll just make it a halftime show. Because this has nothing to do. Yeah, it just stops the action of the it movie the action. for a musical. And I'm sure they were just like, well, it'll be halftime, they'll be the halftime show, and they'll be fine. And they're singing about the Mighty Mighty Vices. Because <laughs> they changed the team name. The name was called the Pittsburgh something, I can't remember. And then they're like, no, it's now the, now the Pisces. The Pittsburgh Pisces? Yes. It's funny, I, never re- I don't think I ever realized that Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team. No, they've never had a basketball team. Yeah, not, yeah, they still don't. Uh, it's a football team. You think they would have started an actual <laughs> team called the Pisces? The way that Anaheim got the yeah. Mighty Ducks yeah. after that movie? I mean, Synergy, guys. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. It's too late now. It's 45 <laughs> years ago. Exactly. <laughs> we, can't, we can't go pitch that to Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. You and I go to Pittsburgh. Hey, guys. hey, listen. Here's our pitch. You know how people love the movie, The, the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh? You know how everyone knows that movie and loves it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, we make a team based on it. We've already got a theme song for the Silvers. You know the Silvers, right? Oh, that's it? That was it. That was just a little taste. So, yeah, it's like literally the most disco movie. We're just stopped for a disco break for a disco band that stopped music. They stopped performing in the 70s. Let me ask you this question because it's not a foregone conclusion. And spoiler spoiler alert to anyone who doesn't want to know how the Fish and Safe Pittsburgh ends. Yeah. Do they win the big game in the end? Oh, they win. They do win? Yeah. Who do you think makes the last winning shot? Uh, the ball boy. Dr. J. Dr. J. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that. I like I like the bad news bears style where the yeah. the, the hero team loses, but yep. they but really they win because they grew as people and they got to drink beer at the end of the movie, yeah, that's right. which was great too. And they tell the Yankees to shove it up their ass. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's great. That's a great seventies moment. All right, uh, this clip I was unaware of before you sent it to me. But I was curious enough curious enough about it that I did sort of watch it. I couldn't okay. help myself. Yeah, I had weird. to watch it. And it fucking terrified me. It's a fever dream. It's everything from the 70s to me feels like a fever dream. Yeah, it really does. That's that. It's a weird time. Yeah, it's a weird time. That I didn't live through, but everything feels a little bit like, everything's a little queasy. Everything's a little off. Everyone looks a little like green and a little little sweaty. Everything's a little off. Yeah. And this really takes that. Actually, it has a little bit of that, like, late 60s, early 70s acid trip, like, H.R. Puffin stuff. Yes, yes. Kind of feel to it, too. It's a Burger King commercial. Yeah. With the Burger King character. All doing disco. Doing disco. Yes. And some other weird, like, puppety characters that are. Yeah, I don't know who those Very are. discomforting. Yeah. And just to shill some burgers. Because yeah. they're like, well, disco's big. Now, this, the whoever put this up uh, says it's from 1980. I don't know if it's from 1980. But if it is, that's even better. Because they're just like. The tail end of right, disco. Right. Like, let's go. Let's get one more disco ad. One more disco <laughs> ad. This is uh, when I was growing up. Like when they had the fruity pebbles ad, where uh, 
uh, what's Fred Flintstone's buddy Barney? Where Barney does like a rap. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, That's, that was yeah. <laughs> that was the equivalent yeah. that I had. Yeah, growing up, like so, yeah, let's sell kids this garbage yeah. with whatever music they're listening. Kids, like, to. is it disco? Okay, yeah, we like disco. They'll do it. Yeah, so it's just a disco Burger King. It's commercial. a disco Burger, King. and I think like they have this Burger King character again now, but I didn't realize it was like an old character that they revived. They have, a, they have the character. They brought the character. Oh, they did bring the character back. Yeah. There's been a lot of backlash on. Yeah, he's in commercials now, but I didn't. I didn't realize he was a character in the '70s. The actual king of burgers. Yeah. It's starting to look like a disco. Not yet. It's starting to look like a disco. Already, already, yeah. there are these disembodied, ghostly, magical dancing disco, like fr- like gasoly disco. Yeah, which is already scary. Moving under their own power, which I don't appreciate at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't cotton to that. Already this is satanic and it's not Christian. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't like it. We're all going to hell. Yeah. The Burger King King's got like so a weird beard. And, yeah, he's magical, but not in the like like cool supernatural magic way he's magical like he's doing sleight of hand tricks. yeah he's doing sleight of hand tricks and now they're gonna disco dance yeah and they're doing the point okay disco. who the fuck is this i character? don't know who that is, is this like burger king's nemesis i vaguely remember that from from when i was young and yeah. i don't know this is scarier that yeah this is knows. really creepy yeah never danced before you don't need dancing feet when you have a dancing floor Check out the dude. Doing the disco dance. I guess Burger King was trying to copy like the McDonaldland character. Yeah, I think so. And just really doing yeah. a fucking cheap and job. Just decided of it. to <laughs> scare all the children. So there's so many characters. I'm like, but they didn't stand the test of time like McD- like Ronald McDonald. No, they did. They couldn't hang. Yeah, he looks like the villain. He's the villain. Yeah, yeah. He's got fun, he's got fun, he's got fun. I don't, I don't like anything about this. It's, the whole thing is disconcerting, and it's hard to like, I'm like, why am I not, I can't keep up. Yeah. I can't, I'm like, wait, what's going on? Okay, now that he's got wax on his shoes, and now he's trying to disco, and now he's stuck in a jukebox. Yeah, on a micro level, everything in the commercial itself annoys and upsets me (laughs) and on a macro level i'm annoyed by the like let's like cash in on disco like the the just the commercial cynicism of the whole thing and you also notice in this like the shots of the actual food is secondary there's hardly any it's all about the wacky people doing the disco well i I meant this was like a saturday morning cartoon for kids sort of advertising um which even for the seventies is just sort of assaulted. Yeah, and like, yeah. You feel assaulted. That's it. That's yeah. where you're like, ah, what are you? What are you doing to me? Stop yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's everyone's yelling. It's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yes, but that's okay because now we're gonna smooth it out a little bit. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be our podcast without Kirk smoothing things out. Yes, this is a little smooth out. This is I threw this in because also we're like, oh, American Bandstand. They also did disco. Yeah, but this is a great disco song. Um, I know nothing about this band. I just know the that band this, is GQ. The band is GQ. I've never heard of them. Which uh, this is the only song by them I know. They might have had a ballad, I think. 
But I just love that the band is called GQ. Yeah. I think that's great. And this is a this isn't an example of anybody like selling out or anything. This was a disco group that had a disco song mm-hmm. that was popular at the time called Disco Nights. Because everything had to have disco in it. Sure. And uh it's one of those like one hit wonders that played on the radio a lot and it's on American Bandstand. Here's what I want to know about GQ, which you already said you don't know anything about them, so you won't have answers. I'll have to look this up yes. later. Presumably, they're named after the men's magazine, GQ. Yes. Which itself, like, the term GQ has come to – has the connotation of a certain amount of gentlemanly style. Yes. Which is, I imagine, why they named themselves I'm going to bet that. But GQ stands for Gentleman's Quarterly, which is, like, just specifically periodical. Yeah. So it makes no sense as a band name. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I guess it makes no sense when you're second. you're looking real GQ. Right. I'm looking Gentleman's Quarterly. Right, right, right. I'm looking periodical. But I'll bet they had, like, a backronym where they were like, here's what it stands for for us. Yes. And I want to know what that is. Oh, that's great. (laughs) They actually did have one more song. It was a ballad called I Do Love You uh, before this. Okay. It was like pre-disco. Well, let's watch them do Disco Nights on American Bandstand. this is Disco Nights, American Bandstand. This is also a great example of, hey, these kids don't dance as well as the kids on Soul Train. (laughs) Because they're white? Well, there's a mix. Okay. There's a mix, but they're just not as good. I mean, uh, yeah. AB was always a little bit more square. A little more square. But you can also see they had a little more money because they had, like, levels. They had much bigger stage is way bigger. Stage is way bigger. But, But because of that, to me, not as cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, there's a little too much money behind it. Yeah. Like, again, watching this, I go, oh, these are old people. <laughs> no, they're, no, they're like 70. They're 19. Yeah, yeah, I'm way older. I could not talk to them now. Uh, <laughs> but. Wow, yeah. just, just all the blousy fabrics. Yeah, there's, it's a different look than the Soul Train yeah. one, which I find fascinating. Pleats everywhere. Yes. And I generally do like this song because it's kind of the smooth disco. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool disco. The dancing's not bad. It's just it's a little bad. more same, yes. like structured. Well, yeah. It's also great too. These these these, these kids got it. And also, like Soul Train, everybody's gorgeous. Everyone. They're 18, 19, yes. and nobody looks bad at all. Oh, my gosh. They look great. Yeah. They, and they all, again, along with Soul Train, they know where the camera is. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the camera. I'm also, they haven't been beaten down by life yet. <laughs> yes. Life hasn't crushed them. <laughs> they're still optimistic. It's there's great. still hope <laughs> that they're going to be big yes. and not raise kids. And They all have that... Uh, that dream that Tony has. Yep. Just get that. Saturday Night Fever. Yep. What's his full name? Tony. Tony uh, Monero. Monero. Thank yeah. you. Damn. Everyone's got, st- all the guys have got a lot of, st- there's a lot of stash in this. Yeah. I mean, just a lot. Like, they're like, hey, I'm 18 now. I can grow a mustache. All of this reminds me of Boogie Nights. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. As well, it should. Um, I'm also curious, like, the kids that are on the, the, the platforms, yeah. like how they how they get up there. Oh yeah, you had to you had yeah. to blow some <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. up on yeah. the yeah. yeah. You want to be on there, yeah. You got a service at the very least. Yeah, that's how I feel about that too. Because that's that's prime real estate right there. Yeah, yeah. Because when they cut to you, there's nobody else. Exactly, on it's your time. Right. Yep. Uh, there's a couple of girls. 
Oh, she's awesome. <laughs> like Paul's like, that's my speed. <laughs> I like go back to the cowboy. I'm right? not even into the country and western thing, but yeah. the cow hat. Yeah, she's good. But uh, yeah, she she pulls it off. Yeah, these two not so much. That looks like a mom dancing. Yeah, like, <laughs> a hot mom. Yeah, like they have prime real estate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and they're pretty good dancers, but yeah, they're the ones that like we're the stars of the show. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah she's cool too. Yeah, she's cool. She's almost she's, a little eighties ish. She's like, yeah, she's, she's fashion forward. Well, this could be early eighties. If it is, that would be weird. Be. This might be eighty at yeah. the most. Yeah, yeah. But she's she see, she's wearing leotards and so she sees the future of the eighties. And she had like crimped hair. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. That's where I get into my uh, my time. Another sudden end. I was like so I into know. the song and I was like yeah, sort of out of my head and I was like oh. we cut to commercial. <laughs> so I'm very excited for this. I figured you would be because we've had Sesame Street clips on the show twice yep. before. I access a lot of pop culture through yeah. Sesame Street in the eighties. And in the 80s, because they would, like, repeat old classic clips on the show. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of 70s stuff on oh, Sesame in Street the in the show? 80s. Yeah, like oh, that wow. classic, you know, the, the pinball cartoon with the 1, 2, 3, 4, oh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So 10, they would, 11, like, re They repeat that. So oh, that's cool. So a lot of the stuff I saw, like, was that thing? Or, like, Me and My Llama? I'm pretty sure. Oh, I know Me and My Llama. Yeah, 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 they would, yeah, they would repeat that yeah. in shows. So there's some classic 70s clips that from from Sesame Street that I grew up watching. This one does not ring a bell at all. It doesn't ring a bell with me. I just found it. You just I found like, this it? This is fascinating. I don't remember this. It's disco toothbrush. Yeah. I, we, so there was a toothbrushing clip that I remember in the 80s, which was uh, like a girls just want to have fun parody about we want to brush our teeth. On Sesame Street? On Sesame Street. So that maybe replaced the wow, disco toothbrush. Maybe. They're like, we don't need two toothbrushing <laughs> pop music things. Yeah, let's get rid of that disco one. Right, right, right. Uh, so I'm real curious to see this. Yeah, I this have is no context for it. This is cute. But it's Sesame Street, yeah, so. It can't be bad. And it's not a All bad right. disco song already. already? It yeah. sounds so fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking bass line. That bass line, bass line yeah. is great. Fuck you, Rick Dees, with your stupid song. This this is already thirty four times better than yeah than disco duck. Yeah, I, and I'm also because I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I want to know what character is going to be singing this. Oh yeah, is it going to be Grover or Cookie Monster, Ernie? It might not be any known character. It might just be these toothbrushes. Who's that? I don't know. That's a character I don't remember, or one that they made specifically yeah, I, I, for this. It feels like, to me, it feels like it's for that. I mean, this is a great disco song. Yeah. I have to say, the Muppet toothbrushes are actually giving me the creeps a little bit. <laughs> really, you look so happy though. I do. I mean, they were you know those Martian characters, those creepy Martians mm-hmm. that yip 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 yip. They're kind of yes. giving me vibes of those things. <laughs> I mean, they put a lot of thought into this song yeah, yeah, yeah. for the musicality. They always did great music. Yeah, they really were just like, like, because they did it with love. Yeah. 
in a way I don't think was matched until Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, where they really embraced it, yeah. like as a great thing for kids. I, I'm pretty sure this character is a one and done in this. It feels like it because I don't ever remember seeing like a green. Yeah, that it's, green it's sort of like it kind of looks like a combination between Oscar the Grouch and Harry Monster, but yeah, yeah, but I yeah. don't recognize this guy. At all. No. Uh, and then they just intercut with little kids brushing their teeth properly. See, just go help. Probably your age or so. Yeah, probably at this time. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit older than them, like maybe like three years. Oh, old. that's creepy. <laughs> oh yeah, just like the disembodied floating, floating teeth. teeth. <laughs> yeah, seventies were a creepy time. There's a lot of Sesame Street stuff that gave me the creeps. Oh yeah, in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. The, the teeth are singing in the background. That's great. That's sort of. Sort of terrifying. Yeah, it's a little. And I'm an adult. I can take it now. <laughs> as you go to bed crying. If I had seen this as a kid, that legitimately might have given me nightmares. Yeah, I can see that. The floating teeth. But hey, man. Yeah. It makes makes me feel like I'm, I'll be cool if I brush my teeth. Yeah. If you. And also. Sprinkle some cocaine on the toothbrush. Too. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you want to rub it on your gums. You want to brush properly. Also, it's the perfect time. Because it's a, it's about two minutes and thirty seconds. That's how long you're supposed to brush your perfect teeth. Pop, uh, See? Pop, perfect pop song line. Perfect pop perfect song. toothbrushing. Yeah. Line. See. I just want to back it up to the beginning and hear the in the that bass line. Yeah, hear that bass line again. That bass line's pretty fucking silly. Yeah. Listen to that. Oh man, that would be a great fucking sample for some oh, rapper to. Oh my like, god! Yeah. Sample the disco toothbrush. <laughs> That's. That's almost too good of idea for this podcast. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, such so a good I idea. Cut it out. I should edit it out <laughs> yeah, later and then yeah. actually, actually find do a picture yeah. too. Because yeah. that's a great fucking idea, Paul. All right, we have one video left. Yes. And this was something that when we planned the disco episode, I was like, I know we have to reckon with this thing. Yeah. Um, which to, is sort of a downer to end it on, but but it's it has the seventies to too, and we we always yeah. end stuff in a downer in the seventies. We're going to talk about the disco demolition. Yes. Which is sort of a famous historical moment in pop culture in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want to you want to set it up? You I know a bit about what it. Basically, uh, oh, what, Steve, was it in Detroit? No, it was in Chicago, Chicago. But they were playing the Tigers. It was yeah. It was in it, it was the Sox. Uh, it wasn't the Cubs. Chicago White Sox versus Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Double double header. Double header. And between games, they were going to have a disco demolition. So basically. And the 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 there's a DJ uh, Steve oh, Dahl Steve Dahl yeah. who was a popular rock DJ at the time I can't remember what stage but he was like an, like an early shock jock little his bit. thing was yes. like yeah, I'm a jerk yeah he purposely had the persona of like I'm an asshole I don't right. care right and he played classic well not classic rock at the time played rock. rock at the time just rock at the yeah. time and he organized this thing of dem, uh, disco demolition where they were going to blow up a bunch of disco records right so if you if, if you were a fan you brought in a disco album yeah I don't think you got in free maybe you did I cannot remember maybe they'll show it but uh, you got in for like a dollar or something yeah so the place was fucking packed yeah packed with people who had disco albums who fucking hated disco mm-hmm. and just got shit faced for the double header yes and it got Way out of hand, yeah. more than they expected. It. Yeah, way ugly, fairly quick. Right. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I'm sure they'll talk about it on this clip we're about to watch. But didn't they have to like cancel the second game? They canceled this game because the the well, basically like 
team guys. Yeah. It's all just rushed the field and yeah. just 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 created chaos. It's all it's all essentially young white guys just bombarded the field. Yeah. And they were gonna put everything in a dumpster and basically yes. blow it up with yeah, small, like small did. grade explosions. Yeah, and it was pretty big. It was a pretty big explosion. That yeah. didn't wreck the field. What wrecked the field was the crowd coming on right. and just running around. There were guys like running the bases. And so they fucking wrecked the field. Yeah. And they wouldn't leave either. But they're like, we're not going to start the game until you leave. And they're like, fuck you. Right. Because they got they're just these angry, like, teens vibrating with hormones yes. and hatred. Yeah. Um, but the clip we're going to watch, interestingly, is from MLB Network. So it's like a baseball documentary, yeah. not a music documentary. Yes. So it, I'm, I'm curious to see how they approach the story. They approach it in a pretty fair way because yeah. it, it is such an iconic moment. Yeah. MLB Network remembers July. It's a little music trivia yeah. with Bob Costas. Yeah. And it really is because 79 is like the end of disco. To stamp out disco music. And here was the plan. 30 years ago, the White Sox and Tigers were due to play a twinite doubleheader at Comiskey Park. A local radio station, along with White Sox owner Bill Beck and his son Mike, devised this promotion. Fans who brought their unwanted disco records, that's right, records, actual vinyl yeah. discs, would get in the game for 98 cents. Hey, remember physical media? That's crazy. Yeah, so they got in for 98 cents. And blown up between games. Now, what could possibly go wrong with this harmless prank? On one level, the promotion... Now, the, the funny thing is, like... People in Chicago, much like Philadelphians and Boston sports fans, are usually so even-tempered. <laughs> yeah, really. They don't go crazy <laughs> over sports in Chicago. Right, right, right. Ever. Or just in general. <laughs> just generally speaking. It worked. Comiskey Park was completely sold out with thousands reportedly... Just already these, like, shirtless... Yeah. Like, mustachioed, yeah. 19-year-old assholes. Yes, and it's summer. so keyed up to create yep. chaos. They're drinking. It's hot out because it's yeah. hot in Chicago. It's like summer. a hot night. Yeah. They've had way too much beer. Yeah, and it's a double hour, which is a long fucking night. Right. Then things began to unravel. Many of the fans waiting crashed the gates. During the first game, some fans started using the records as frisbees. Yeah, they started throwing them onto the field. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> yeah, no one have thought this through. Yeah, these these people whipping their fucking records yeah. onto the field. No one saw it between two games of a doubleheader. Yeah. Or at other Not times, thought out. At yeah. other fans, I'm playing center field with Detroit Tigers. We were scheduled for a doubleheader. They were zinging out disco albums out there. There were some golf balls out there that says "disco sucks" on it. Um, <laughs> It was, it was, Which means a, a if there's golf night. balls there that say disco sucks, yeah. I want to think that they probably passed them out at the gate. Because who's going to come in with disco suck golf balls? I don't know. You get golf, you steal them from your old man's golf bag, you get a Sharpie. It's a lot of work for a guy who hates disco. <laughs> well, these kids really hated They disco. really fucking hated disco. Nice. But that was just the beginning. After the first game, the crate of disco records exploded as planned. That's a pretty big explosion. And so well, then even, even if it went as planned, though, that looked like it created quite a mess that they would have had to clean up. Yeah, they cleaned games. up between games, yes. And then people just bum rush. Yeah. Next was not planned. Yeah, they, like they lost their mind. Immediately rushed the field. Some lit fires. 
collapse. The batting cage was destroyed. I mean, it's like a riot. It's a riot it in is, the baseball it's a riot. Yeah, it's yeah. a full-on riot. Badly damaged. Multiple fights broke out. Vec got on the PA and pleaded for the fans to return to their and seats. No, one did. no, no one's going to wrangle them. No. 39 people were arrested. The umpires declared the field unplayable and called off the second game. One of the saddest sights I've ever seen at a ballpark in my life. This garbage of demolishing a record has turned into a fiasco. The next day, it was ruled that the White Sox had failed to provide acceptable playing conditions, and therefore, they had to forfeit game two. Yeah, <laughs> which is unbelievable. They didn't even replay it. They just, yeah. had to they just said, you know what, White Sox, you fucked up. Yeah. Obviously, carefully enough, I tried to mix oil and water. The ones on the field were not baseball fans, and all that happened is that they managed to spoil. Yeah, they were Steve Dolphin. Yeah, they were young and white so, guys who hated yeah, the They were just wild. Of course, they had no intention of like respecting the yeah, ball field. No, they, that was not why they were there. Yeah. Disco demolition night took its place as one of the great promotional fiascos of all time. Tonight's ball game, the White Sox will feature Magic Night. <laughs> Although it'll take a pretty good trick to make people forget what happened here last evening. <laughs> looking back, what's the big deal? We all know that records were made to be broken. Yeah. Oh, shut up, Bob Costas. Here's what the big deal is. It is, a, it is a big deal. Not just in the Disco Demolition Night, but hatred for Disco anyway. Yes. And this is what a lot of people bring up about Disco Demolition Night. Yeah. And like Steve Dahl to this day is like, no, it wasn't about that. Because I'm sure it, there wasn't a conscious. But hating, I mean, who loves Disco? Women love Disco. Mm -hmm. Gay people love Disco. And Mind black people yeah. like love Disco. Yeah. And when you look at that sea of people on the grass in Comiskey Park, it's all young white yeah. dudes. And you you can't deny that there is homophobia, yeah. racism, and misogyny. Not to get political on our dumb music show. <laughs> but still. But in the hatred of disco in general and that particular yeah. event, if it, even if it's not conscious in their minds, if it's not text, it's definitely subtext. It's there. Yeah. It's 100% there. Because you can't be that angry yeah. and violent about fucking music and no. this – just because you don't like certain music. There's yeah. something else going There's on. There's something behind it. Because yeah. you and I both know people and even ourselves have hated music throughout the years. Yeah. And we don't get that upset where we're going to fucking riot. Yeah. It's I've never crazy. broken anything no. because I didn't like a song. No. I've never broken a Neil Diamond album. <laughs> yeah. And again, when you look at that clip, it's not all kinds of folks. Yes. No. It's, it's basically one kind of folk. And which, which also is funny, too, because if you think about it, it's a bunch of white guys who hated disco, who had to go out, buy a disco record, yeah. bring it to the game just yeah. so they could do this fucking they didn't, dumb thing. If they hated it that much, they didn't. Maybe they swiped it from their sister yeah. or something. Maybe they stole it or something. But yeah. someone probably went out and was like, well, I'm going to go buy a record. Yeah. And be like, ah, oh, disco sucks. Look, I can get in for a for game for 98 cents. Yeah. And when you... Just knowing the context, you can't deny it. And when you watch the clip, there's no denying that it's... Yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot yeah. of hatred it's the It's the triple hate of... Yes. This is music that women quiz and blacks like. Yeah. And we're going to blow it up because yeah. disco sucks. Fuck it. Um, and it's funny, too, because it really, people always kind of turn to that as the... Uh, the turning point of like, yeah, that's the end of disco. Disco was already waning. Yeah. But this certainly was like that moment in time where like, oh yeah, disco's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of held on a little bit in the uh, 
the first part of 80. And then that was it. But Disco then, never, like, it 100% got, no, died. It People always, died. like, find it again. Yeah, they find it again. And it gets... It gets, it gets, it gets played at weddings yeah. and parties. And, and it also, like, morphs into other stuff. It morphs into house music, which is great. Yeah. You know? It's just... It's what dance music was in yes. the late 70s. And it's fun. And don't be a dumb douchebag who's like, yeah. I like rock music and disco sucks. Yeah. Disco's great. Don't be that guy. Yeah. You don't have to like all of it. No. You don't have to like Disco Duck. No. You can shit on Disco <laughs> Duck. All that, yeah. That you can blow up. Yeah, yeah, You can blow up Disco Duck. And hey, if you just genuinely don't like Disco, that's fine. But maybe don't be violent about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, hey, Don't destroy property because yeah. you don't like certain songs. Don't ruin a Major League Baseball game because you can't handle Disco. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But yeah, in the uh, in the fashion that is the 70s, yeah, not a little, a little, a little sad note. yeah. Because that's how it was. Because there's no hope. Because <laughs> it's the 70s. <laughs> the 70s. Yeah. It's a real 70s ending. It's a real 70s. So, yeah. It's just dark and kind of bleak. Right, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that does it for this episode of Music Raygun. So thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time. And thanks to the listeners who have written reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. We do have a few oh, great. five-star reviews. That's one of the best ways you can support the show. So if you haven't given us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. It really does help. Because, you know, if you get reviews, they'll promote it more, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I don't know how the algorithm works. I don't works. know how that works either, but it doesn't yeah. hurt. And you leave a comment about this episode for us or for other listeners on our website, which is musicraygun.com. You can also find us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Music Raygun or send us an email uh, to musicraygun at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Yes, we would. My name is Paul Champanelli. My name is Kirk Pinchon. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.